We said, imagine what God could do if we all went all in and we all stepped out in faith to do something powerful for him. How many of y'all remember us having this conversation this time last year? This time last year as a church, we came together and we said, you know what? We're kind of in a place right now where we're just sitting as a body. We've come through a lot of stuff. We've gone through a lot of bumpy roads. We've seen God do a lot of great things through that time. But we've landed here in this facility in this season as a church family. And we, we kind of found ourselves looking around saying, okay, it's time for us to get busy. It's time for us to begin to make an impact on a different level. And so we just challenged ourselves. Y'all remember what the goals were for All In that we set out as a church body? Well, I want to go over them with you this morning. If you guys will go ahead and throw those up on the screen. This is what we were looking at. All In. We wanted to double our outreach efforts as a church. We wanted to increase our focus on missions as a church and kick that up to a new level. As a church, we wanted to invest in our student and in our children's ministries like we never had before. And then we wanted to step out in faith as a church family to fund the vision that we were stepping into. So we wanted to create reading plans and make sure that we were growing spiritually and growing in our skill sets. And we were talking about doing a digital overhaul and creating some things that would make reading plans and growth and connection to the church and giving and all of that stuff possible. So we, we began to go to work to make a lot of that stuff happen. And it was, it was, y'all remember talking about this last year, right? I can say last year, 2018 is amazing. I can't believe it's been about a full calendar year since we started this. What God has done through the faith that we have given him to work with this year is amazing. And, I want to go over just a few areas and bring you some reports of some things that happened. Guys, if you will go ahead and put that up on the screen. I think it's four or five, yeah. Missions, the LifePoint app, through outreaches this year, and through the transitions that we've seen this year. There's a lot of stuff that I'm about to read to you guys. There's a lot of stuff we're about to celebrate. So put on your celebration hats. All right, y'all going to back me up on this? We need to give God some praise this morning for what he's done over the last year. So missions, missions, you guys have probably heard me say this a hundred times this year because it was such a big deal for us. We built a church on the Maasai Mara in Kenya, Africa. There is a church building there that was not there. We raised $7,000 to put a church out there as a church family. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God for that. So that, that was a huge thing for us because I, I don't know, because the first time we stood up and we said, hey, we want to raise $7,000 to build a church, everybody looked at me like you guys are looking at me right now. <clears throat> They're like, wow, that's a lot of money. And that was a lot of money for us as a church. But as we gave and we gave faithfully, y'all remember that little brick wall we had that we put up here a little block wall in the shape of africa and as we raised money we slowly filled it up i was getting pretty excited when we got pretty close to the top of it and i was hoping that we'd we'd hurry up and finish it off before it got too heavy and it just collapsed and fell on the stage and like took out the worship team one morning so <laughs> i'm glad that we got that all done in time so god did a lot of stuff through our church and missions last year the life point app was a big deal for us. 
Y'all are used to it now, but you remember this time last year, we didn't have a church app. There was no LifePoint Church app. There was no way for you to have the messages in your hand on your phone. There was no way for you to connect to the church and know the events that were going on or to have updates on what was happening. There's no way for you to be able to give off of your phone digitally if you wanted to. Um, that's all there now because we got crazy and we said it's time for us to make a change and make the church more accessible. The reading plans that we wanted to put into play so that we could all as a church body kind of be on the same page reading through kind of the same blocks of scripture as a year ago, all that's tied into the app. All of it's tied into the app. How many of y'all have downloaded the LifePoint app? On your phones. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, you can go to the App Store or you can go to Google Play and you can just do a quick little search for, uh, what is it, LifePoint Church GA. LifePoint Church GA and our app will pop up. You can do it right now if you want to. The ushers aren't going to tackle you and drag you out in the aisle if you pull your phones out or anything. And by the way, uh, all of the notes for today's message are loaded up on the Uversion app. Or the Bible app. If you pull up version, all the notes for today's message will be on there too. Uh, you can pull that up and search for LifePoint Church. We'll pop up, tap on it. We'll be a live event in version. You can follow along with the notes for the service this morning. But the app was a big deal for us to get going. Do y'all realize 212 people have downloaded the LifePoint app? 212 people have downloaded that app. These numbers are just amazing to me. <clears throat> We're in 12 different states now with our app. I can track all this stuff. I feel like the government. I can, I can look at where it's, being, where it's downloaded, where it's being used, how long it's being used for, and all that stuff. Um, we're in three different continents right now as a church. Is that insane? Three different continents. We're in India. We're in Dubai. Uh, we're in a couple of other countries around India. We're uh, over in the Middle East and some countries that I can't pronounce their names. Uh, people are, are listening to us on, on the app over there. Well, how do they find out about us? Facebook. Facebook, social media. It's kind of cool. Uh, we've got a couple of places in Africa where people are listening to us. And then all over the U.S., it's really cool stuff. Um, we had a really cool testimony come about because of the LifePoint app not too long after we launched it. Uh, you guys might remember me sharing this story, but my uh, brother-in-law, his name is Chris, um, he and my sister were going on an anniversary trip, and we had just put the app out and just started pushing the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and, and on, on the app, and uh, they were listening to it, and one of the first messages we put on there just happened to be a message about marriage because we were in the middle of a cool series talking about marriage, and they thought, hey, we're going on an anniversary trip. Wouldn't it be cool to listen to a message about marriage? So they listened to it, and God kind of spoke to them, and they enjoyed it. What was really cool happened after they got back from their trip. My brother-in-law went back to work. He works at a place, all the locals in Alaska call it the Slopes. It's this big mining camp. A lot of locals go there to work, and he runs heavy equipment. He goes, and he'll camp out there for two weeks at a time and live in this bunkhouse and work, and then he'll come back home and stay for a week or two at a time. So he went to work, and one of the guys 
that he was there working with just kind of opened up and told him he was having a rough time in his marriage. He said, man, I don't think we're going to make it. I've just, we're just at the point where I've done everything I feel like I can do. I just don't see how I can do anything else to make this thing work. It's just going to be, it's time to end it. It's just time to end it. And so my brother-in-law said, hey, man, uh, maybe listen to this little message I've got here on this app. Maybe it can help you. And he played the message from our church. The guy listened to it, and it impacted him so powerfully that right there in the bunkhouse, the guy rededicated his life to God. Listening to what happened here at LifePoint Church over an app in Alaska, rededicated his life to God, and then he said, you know what? Maybe it's not too late for my marriage. Maybe if I give this over to God, he can work something through it. And so over the process of time, he and his wife began to work. God restored their marriage after he rededicated his life to God, and they got a solid marriage because they listened to a message that came across the app from this church. It gets better, though. I don't know, have you guys heard this? It gets better. This is awesome. They got so excited about what he got so excited about what God was doing in his life, he started sharing with the other people that work at the mining camp. Okay? They had kind of a, a halfway Bible study going on at the camp. Well, this guy got so excited that they went from about five people showing up to this Bible study to suddenly there's 25 people or so showing up to the Bible study at this mining camp. And you know what they do every week as part of their Bible study? They listen to the messages from LifePoint Church. We are impacting more people than we know. We're impacting more people than we know. So excited about that. Praise God for all the awesome stuff that he's doing. So not only is it a benefit to us, just benefiting and impacting the lives of people that we're probably never going to see. So praise God for that, huh? Outreach. Oh, my goodness, guys. We up the ante as a church in outreach this year. I want to read you some numbers and give you some reports. Are y'all ready for this? Outreach this year. LifePoint Church was part of uh, what's called the ultimate block party that the city does. We got out there and set up a little tent, and we handed out balloons and candy and little packs for, uh, for parents and for students and children, and we had so much fun. We made over 600 contacts out there just meeting people and saying hey to people from the county, but what's really cool is God opened up a lot of doors for us to pray with people too. So while this big event was going on, and we were out there kind of promoting Life Point Church and just telling them about who we were, People were coming up and saying, hey, can you pray for me? I'm just going through this right now. Hey, can you pray for me? I just lost my job. Hey, can you pray for me? My kid is freaking out, and I don't know what to do. Uh, We were able to get out there and minister to people on the streets and give them the love of Jesus as part of the outreach from the church. So that's good stuff, huh? We did a book bag school supply outreach from the church, too. That was huge. We were able to bless a lot of families that were in need and didn't have money for school supplies. Are y'all ready for this? We gave out 63 book bags full of school supplies to bless the children of Douglas County. 63 families were blessed because of what we did as a church. Praise God for that. Hurricane Harvey hit and and devastated um, a huge region, did a lot of damage in the Houston area. And uh, we partnered with a local church there called Gateway, Texas. 
and uh, we we took up an offering. Y'all remember and sent them funds to help with a relief effort out there because what they were doing is they were working with a lot of local churches in a network to help people that just had their homes destroyed, homes that were flooded. They just lost everything. And so LifePoint Church gave, and we helped provide food. We helped provide water, and we helped provide clothing and shelter for families in that area through that, that coordinated effort through uh, Gateway, Texas. It was really cool to see that happen. But what's really cool is this. Not only were we able to help get, get our money was able to, to buy food and water and clothes and, and personal products and, and, and to help put people up in shelters and stuff. But what's really cool is there was three guys that went to one of those churches that had recently lost their jobs. And during that time when everybody was needing help with relief efforts, these three guys said, you know what? Instead of looking for employment or trying to look out for ourselves, we're just going to volunteer and give all of the free time that we have to help rip out drywall that's saturated with water, to help people gut their houses, to help people clean out all the stuff that's destroyed. These three guys did all of that. Part of the money that we gave as a church was given to bless those three guys who didn't have a job, who had hearts to serve the community. So we helped provide for three families and put food on their table on top of the outreach effort and relief effort that was going on in the Houston area. That's awesome, isn't it? I praise God for that. A lot of good stuff happened there. We, uh, we partnered. My gosh, there's just so much stuff to go over here. We partnered. Uh, with with a local center here, I won't give the name because they want it to be anonymous. But we po- we partner with a local center here in the county that deals with a lot of people coming out of um, struggles with addiction, and they are coming out of bad situations, spousal abuse and physical abuse, and they're they're trying to recover. We were able to partner with them, and we've seen families from that center attend the church, have their lives impacted by the ministry of the church. We've been able to counsel with some of these people and talk to them on the phone and show them the love of God. And we were able to connect with, with our community through that center and see God impact the lives of a lot of people through that this year. So praise God for that, huh? A lot of great stuff happened. Um, this is a big one. This is a big one. We partnered with the Pregnancy Resource Center on a deeper level this year. Y'all remember us talking about it at the beginning of the year? We wanted to be a big part of what was happening there because they're just killing it. They're absolutely killing it with what they're doing, reaching uh, not just women but entire families going through a real vulnerable and, and sensitive time in their lives. So I asked them to share some numbers with us, and they gave me a report of the ministry that they were able to do this year. Do y'all want to hear what LifePoint Church was able to help make happen to the Pregnancy Resource Center this year? This is absolutely amazing to me. They saw almost 4,500 people walk through the door seeking help this year. Boy, if that doesn't preach, I don't know what does. What's really cool is that we gave more this past year to support them than we than we have in recent years. And and in some years, in some cases, we gave more last year than we had in several years combined to support them. So we absolutely killed it as a church 
and coming alongside them to help support them. Not only that, but we had a lot of people from the church volunteer there this year. And we actually have people from LifePoint Church that not just volunteer there, but are now on staff at the Pregnancy Resource Center, making an impact in people's lives. That is absolutely awesome. So, of all those people that went through the doors, 1,055 of them tested positive as being pregnant. So, 1,055 of them. Out of that group, listen to this, 160 made chastity commitments. That means that they made a commitment not to have sex anymore until marriage. That's awesome. That's a big life change in people's lives. Out of the people that walked through the doors, 1,055 of them, 925 at-risk babies were saved because the mothers chose life. Praise God for that. 925. And this is a really cool number here. 89 people that walked through the doors of the Pregnancy Resource Center this year accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, if that's not worth praising God for, I don't know what is. So I've got to do a lot of powerful stuff. We had a time of transition in our church, too. Was we didn't realize when we began this journey called All In and us stepping up to try to reach the community on a new level and to try to grow on a new level in our walk with God, that he was going to begin to speak to some of us to step up into different areas. And he was going to begin to lay dreams and and calls on some of our hearts that were going to take us from here at life point physically and we saw our former pastors roland and donna yarborough answer the call of god to step down as senior pastor lead pastors here at this church and to pursue god's calling for this next season of ministry in their lives to begin to pursue on a on a a more intense level the TV show that Pastor Roland had just been working on forever and a day, and for Pastor Donna to pursue the book that God had put on her heart in just a, a way that she hadn't been able to before, and for them to be able to step out and begin to travel and speak and minister to churches and and different things and men's groups, and God began to speak to them, and all that was birthed in their spirit, and all in for them meant a big price tag for them. And they stepped out, and I got to say, they stepped out courageously to do what God had called them to do. Can we take a moment and just thank God for the ministry of Pastor and Pastor, Pastor Donna and Pastor Roland, what they did here at Life Point Church. And for them stepping up to answer the call of God on their hearts. What's crazy is, It was like the day after we had made the decision that they were going to do that, and Kelly and I were going to step in, and if y'all voted us in to take over the church and serve you as your pastors, it was was crazy. The second that Pastor and Pastor Donna stepped out, doors started opening for them that were shut up until the moment that they took the step to put themselves in the position to follow the call of God on their lives. And that's how God operates in your lives a lot of times. You don't know what's set out in front of you. You don't know the doors that God wants to open. You don't know what's out there that you could potentially walk into until you take that step and trust him to move out into an area that might make you a little bit uncomfortable 
So we saw we saw God do a lot of powerful things in their lives, and, and Kelly and I jumped in to to serve you guys and and do our best to lead you as your pastors. We've seen a lot of awesome stuff happen, though. Tony Dunn has stepped up to lead the media ministry in the back there, and they're absolutely knocking it out of the park, bro. Good job for you and your team back there. Uh, Pastor Kelly Pate has stepped up to become the women's ministry director of the church. I don't know if you've heard about that, but she's already got a pretty good team around her. Ladies, you're in good hands. Y'all are going to have some fun. Y'all are going to have some fun, so praise God for that. Shelly Ayers has stepped up to be the new worship leader here at Life Point Church. Do y'all think she's doing a good job? I think she's doing a great job. She's already adding extra practices and and cracking a whip on the band because I'm just telling you, y'all know, if y'all know Dave Varney, he needs all the help he can get. And Shelly's all over that, boy. She's cracking a whip and CJ's helping keep him in line. So y'all be praying for that because Ohio State fans are a different sort. (laughs) And, uh, Nah, I'm picking on Dave. He's a great guy. We also saw a new couple come back into the church to help us lead during this time, too. So we're excited to say that Jeremy and Rachel Brown are on board with us here at Life Point Church, and they're just knocking it out of the park right now. Um, they're already making a, a huge impact on the ministry here, new ideas and vision and, and things that we can tweak and, and get better at. I'm just telling you, all over this facility, all over this campus, all over these ministries, that the thing is, how can we get better? How can we reach more people? What can we do to make a bigger impact for the kingdom of God than we've ever made before? What can we do to see more people come to know Jesus than we've ever seen before? There's so much stuff. So much stuff happening here. And in the process of all that transition, we started asking new questions. Well, we started asking what we could become as a church, what our church could look like, what we could do to be effective as a church body. And so we came up with some things that we wanted to see as a church for LifePoint Church. And we decided we we came up with six things that we wanted to be as a church body. And the first one is this. That we wanted to be a place where the word of God is preached without compromise and with anointing. Every single time. Every time you show up to this place, we're going to bring you a word that's fresh from the throne room of God. We're going to do our best to give it to you in a way that's going to be relevant and make sense so that you can plug it in and make it work in your life. We're going to pray and prep and bring it every single time because that's what the people of God deserve. Amen? So when you come to Life Point Church, you're going to know what you're getting. You're going to know what you're getting. So when you invite people, you're going to know what they're getting to. Amen? The second thing we wanted to do is this. We wanted this to be a place where the worship is powerful, where it's real, and where it's passionate. Not just from what's happening here on stage and with the worship band, but all of us corporately as a body of believers seeking after the face of God and passionately going after him in worship. It, I, it's, a tra- it's a travesty. It blows my mind how we can be worshiping God and people can be disengaged and staring at the ceiling or just looking like they're walking dead zombies just coming into church. We're talking about the God who sent his son to die for us. We're talking about the Jesus that bled out so that we didn't have to go to hell. Are you telling me we can't get excited as a church and worship God? Life Point Church needs to be a place 
where the worship is passionate, where it's real, where it's intense, where it's authentic, because we are worshiping a God that has done so much to impact and change our lives. I want to start preaching if we're not careful. Let me get back over here. Number three, this is what we wanted to do. We wanted to begin to invest and launch. We wanted to be a church where we invest and launch. What does that mean? How many of y'all have ever gone to a church where you wanted to be involved, but you felt like you were used and then you got burnt out? We don't want that ever to happen here at LifePoint Church. We want to be a church that invests in you, invests in your calling, and is able to help you get into a position to launch into what God has called you to do. Whether it's here at LifePoint forever, or God launches you to another country or a different part of this country, we want to launch fingerprints of LifePoint Church all over this world through the people that we've invested in, that we've developed, that we've poured into, that we've helped step into their calling. We want to see this church impact the world. That's going to happen through us investing in you and investing in others, and then turning people loose to do what God's called them to do. That's what we want as a church. The fourth thing is this. This is a big one. We wanted LifePoint Church to be a place where our children and our students matter. And listen, LifePoint, you guys are absolutely stepping up. Y'all are stepping up. We've almost, we're, we're just on what we're at, like $1,300, $1,400, going, going towards $10,000 to fund our children and our student ministries here so that they can have what they need to reach the generation that's out there. Guys, I love this because that means I'm not a talking head just throwing stuff at you. That means that we all are stepping into this vision and owning it together. I'm excited about this. I think we can knock this out like we did the church in Africa thing and have this $10,000 raised and just not long at all so that we can see our children and our student ministries impacting this generation for Jesus Christ. Amen? Which, by the way, anytime you want to give towards the next generation offering here at LifePoint Church, all you have to do is hop online and go to churchlifepoint.com. All you have to do is pull out your phone and open up the app and go to the giving section. All you have to do is text. This is so cool to me. Is text the keyword? What is it? Church Life Point to seven seven nine seven seven. If y'all will go ahead and put that up on the screen, anytime you want to, you can just text to give. You'll get a little message that'll pop up in response to your text, and then all you have to do is just follow the prompts, and you can easily give off of your phone in a safe and in a secure way, not just to the next generation offering, but anytime you want to give to Life Point Church, easily off of your phone. It's easy as can be. PCI compliant, which means it's encrypted bank level, military level security. So nobody's going to be buying cigarettes off your account in Florida. <laughs> which I found out somebody bought a bunch of cigarettes and gas with one of my cards at a shell station in Florida. They called me to let me know that. No, 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 no. Appreciate that happening, guys. You don't have to worry about stuff like that happening uh, on your phone. And if for some reason it does, you can quickly get reimbursed for it. It's no problem at all. We'll get it all straightened out. So there's a lot of stuff going on with our next generation ministries here at LifePoint Church. You got any questions about that? Ask Pastor Brad or ask Pastor Rhiannon. Here's the next thing we wanted to do, and this is a huge one. We wanted to be a church. Is that... 
I think you skip one. Go back to number five. That's a big one, but there it is. We want it to be a church where we can dream, believe, and see God do the impossible. I want that so bad for our church. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I want us to be a church that dreams crazy dreams. I want us to be a church that just sits down and tries to figure out ways to stretch our faith so we can see God do the impossible. I want us to be a church. I hate boring. Do y'all hate boring church? Do y'all hate going to a church that never does anything, never impact? I hate going to churches like that. I want to be a part of a church that's on the cutting edge of faith, stepping out, trusting God to do the miraculous. Because when you put yourself in a position to do that, in obedience to what God's leading you to do, He comes through every time. Every time. So if we can dream it up, I believe that we can see God make it happen. And the last thing is this, is that we want to be a church that unchurched people want to attend. One of the biggest reasons that nobody comes to church is because nobody invites people to church. You'd be amazed at how many people will just show up with you to church if you just invite them. They did polls and surveys, and they said something like, some, right in the ballpark of 75, 80% of people that don't attend church said that they would if somebody they knew would just invite them to come. If we invite people, they'll be here. Now, the problem is that most people that go to churches don't invite people to church because they're embarrassed about what's happening in their church. And they're not comfortable inviting people into an environment that they're not comfortable with. They'll go to a church, and you never know what's going to fly out of the pastor's mouth. You go to a church, and you never know whether the, the music's going to be good or it's going to be horrible. Or you never know if you walk through the door that that one weird person's going to be waiting for them to come through the door. <laughs> uh, weird people, I'm just telling you. I'm a pastor now. I, I, I spend a lot of time, like, I love people. Don't get what I'm fixing to say wrong. I love people. I love ministering to people. I love spending time with people. I love praying for people. I love seeing God moving in people's lives. But I don't have normal conversations when I run into people anymore out in public. I really don't. I don't have normal conversations anymore with, with some people that, that you know, like, I'll talk to some people and it's like, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. And then you can walk up to some people like, how you doing? And they're like, Pastor, I've been smoking crack. And I've been looking at pictures of naked people on the internet. <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> well, okay, don't touch me. That's weird. Don't touch me. I'll pray for you from a distance, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was I even talking about before I went off? The, oh, yeah. A church where unchurched people want to attend. We want Life Point Church to be a place where you know you can invite people, have them come in, receive awesome ministry from people that love you and love the people that you bring who aren't going to look at them through judgmental eyes. You're going to see them with the same eyes that Jesus sees them with as somebody that was worth dying for on the cross so that their lives can be transformed. That's what we want for this church, a place where we can bring people and see God rock their world, to see God change their lives, to bring them to a place where just if it's possible to have a church where the spirit of religion is dead, I want that to be Life Point Church.
I'm so sick of religion, I can't. Religion killed my Jesus. Religion has hurt more people and sent more people to hell. I want people to understand the power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I want for LifePoint Church, a church where unchurched people would want to attend, a church where unchurched people are welcome. Um, Ephesians 3.20 is a powerful verse of Scripture. It's a powerful verse of Scripture. It is now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This has kind of been like a foundational scripture for us as a church through this time of transition. Pastor and Pastor Donna stepping out and we, we adopted kind of a, a new blueprint for us as a church and we set out to accomplish things to reach this community in ways that we hadn't before. We put the scripture as a forefront because we believed that God was able to do so much more through us than all we could ask or imagine. And we knew if we stepped out and trusted him, that he would blow us away. And I'm here to tell you guys, since November 5th, not that there was anything wrong with our church before then, but sometimes God puts a marker and says, this is going to be a new season in the life of an individual, or this is going to be a new season in the life of a church. Since November 5th, how many of you guys would say, did you just feel, you feel the presence of God in this place in a way that you haven't in a long time? Did you feel excitement about what God is doing in this church? We're seeing people we're seeing people saved. We're seeing people reach. We're seeing new people come into this church. I'm blown away at this. While we went through this time of transition where Pastor and Pastor Donna were stepping away to go after what God had called them to do, and, and we were getting people in place to, to move the church forward, we were seeing people join the church. Who joins the church when the senior pastor says, I'm going to go do something different? These guys over here are going to take over the church. Good luck. We grew. We had people show up to join. That tells me that God is moving because that separates personalities. That separates people out of the equation. Those are people saying, I sense God is doing something here and I want to be a part of it. I don't care what face is on it. All I know is God is there. And I'm so excited about that. Y'all realize since November 5th, we have seen 31 decisions for Jesus as a church. Ministry here in this church. 31 people. 31 people. We've seen 16 people baptized. You know how long it's been since we've seen anyone baptized? 16 people. God is moving and God is doing some awesome stuff. Amen? Amen. Hey, why don't we do this for just a second before we go any further in the service? Can we all just stand up? And can we give God praise for what he has done and for what he's doing in this church, for what he did in 2017 and for what he's going to do in 2018? Can we do that? God, thank you so much for the lives that you've changed. Thank you so much for the marriages you've restored. God, thank you so much for what you've been able to do through this church, Father. We give you glory and we give you praise, Father. God, this is not about us. This is about us saying thank you for doing something through through us to impact this community, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much, Father. You guys can grab a seat. Here we are going into a new year where God has done so much in the past year. And I'm wondering what we can do as a church body to go all in on a whole new level. To see God double the outreach ministries that we have going in our church again this year. To see our church reach more people through missions than we have up until this point. To see us invest in our student and in our children ministries like we never have before. I wonder what we could do as a church this year to put ourselves in a place to grow closer to God than we ever have been before. To see God do something through us that we've never seen him do before. Because what we started last year in All In, we told you from the get-go, we didn't think that was just going to be a theme for the year. We saw it as a catalyst and as a point of change for our church. And I still think that what we decided to do this time last year is going to continue to carry on and echo through the ministries of this church for years to come. We're going to point back 10 years from now on what we decided to do in January of 2017 and say that was the moment everything began to change and our church jumped back onto the forefront of ministry and we were able to accomplish things that we never thought we could do before. Blank canvas in front of us. You know, I I, I learned that... It's not the movement of the clock or the calendar or anything like that that produces something new in you. Everybody gets into the the new year and we think, New Year's goals, New Year's resolutions, we're going to change this, we're going to change that, and we all know that Pastor Jeremy's not going to eat any better. You know, he's just going to try to be better, but he's not going to be, be, eat better. How many of y'all are at that point in your life where you're just like, you know what, I just don't care, I'm just going to get me some Jesus and whatever else, yeah, I got you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> um, we we put so much focus on change and 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 trying to fix the things that we don't like about ourselves. And how many people do you know that have set so many awesome New Year's goals and resolutions that just tanked after the first few weeks? They didn't follow through. It's like, yeah, I know myself pretty daggum good, Josh. Yep, yeah. I've had goals that I didn't follow through on either. As we step out with these new things and, and we want to accomplish all this stuff. And we think that just because we're looking at a new year, everything can change in our lives. When potentially I guess that it could, but practically a lot of times it doesn't work out. Because it's hard to put a new year's dream and a new year's change on last year's character. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? So we try to fix things that we don't like about ourselves. Things here, things there. And not realizing that any kind of building that you want to build is limited before the brick goes in place vertically because of the foundation that's laid. And if we don't have a solid foundation to build on, nothing we want to change is going to change. Nothing we want to see happen for the long term 
is going to happen for the long term. That's why so many people try to change things in the first few weeks, couple of months, it fizzes out. Because discipline doesn't magically appear just because you want to see something change. Discipline has to be developed through the process of time. You know, just because you, you get a new car because you want a fresh fill and a fresh start, great, you got a new car, but you still got the old driver. Still got the old driver. And it doesn't matter how awesome or how much money you spend on that car. It just doesn't matter. Give it enough time. The old driver and a new car is going to develop the old feel. It's just not going to carry over. You know, you can you can try to buy a whole new wardrobe or put on a new suit because you want to be useful. Sharp. It looks sharp. But a new suit or a new wardrobe with old insecurities inside of it doesn't accomplish anything at all. You hear what I'm saying? You can get a new house, but it doesn't fix a bad marriage. Changing things doesn't correct the foundational problem. And I think a lot of times we we, we try to do those things and we get frustrated in our development with skill sets and we get frustrated with our development spiritually because we're trying to change things. We're always focusing on next. We're always focusing on next. We're always focusing on what's going to happen then. And we, we forget sometimes that then and next depends on now. Who we are now, who we are today, who we're becoming. You know, when God spoke to Moses, he asked him what he had in his hand. Moses said a staff. He asked, what, you got, what do you have in your hand now? Now, what do you have? Now, what do you have that I can work with? And that's the same question that God's asking us right now as individuals. You know, now, what do you have? We got a staff. I don't feel like I've got much to offer. Well, it doesn't matter. God can use what you've got to offer if you'll give it to him now, and he'll accomplish next and then, but you got to give it to him now. You know what I mean? That one staff that Moses surrendered over to God didn't look like much, but it was that staff that God used to bring about the miracles and the plagues that set the children of Israel free. Amen? It was that same staff in Moses' hand that split the Red Sea so they could walk across on dry ground. It was that same staff that split that sea that saw it collapse and destroy Pharaoh's army. It was the same staff that Moses started with that he walked and led the children of Israel with a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night along the way. That same staff that Moses had in the beginning, God was able to use to bring water out of a rock. That same staff went with Moses on the mountain when he came back. We see Moses as a guy that was leading millions. We see Moses as the man who came off the mountain glowing in the presence of God, but we forget that it was the same staff in the beginning that God used all the way through. It was that staff that Moses held up that brought victory to the children of Israel. Don't you ever, ever, ever don't think what you have in your hand is not enough for God to use because God can take the staff that you have in your hand today and do the miraculous through. He can work powerfully through it. We, we don't have enough. We, don't, we try to paint it. We try to make the staff look better. Try to change some stuff about it. Guys, I don't care about what it looks like. Give me what you have in your hand now. Give me what you've got in your hand now. I think a lot of times we, we waste time trying to change things about ourselves when God 
wants to completely transform us into something new, a new creation. We waste time trying to change things about ourselves when God wants to transform us into a new creation. And I think uh, as a ch- as, like, church in general, we kind of jack this up. Because when someone gives their life over to Jesus, we are always really quick to point them to change. Well, you gotta you gotta stop doing this, you gotta stop doing that. When you look at scripture though, God's not concerned with that at all. His concept of change and the way he brings about change in our life is completely different. I had this friend um who uh started experiencing a lot of a lot of crazy symptoms he uh started putting on a lot of weight and it was bugging him and he's working out and couldn't shake the weight so he went to the doctor and the doctor said well not able to lose weight putting weight on here's something to fix it so he gave him a prescription for appetite suppressant and he got a prescription for little uh, metabolism booster to help kick the weight loss process in gear. So he went home and he worked out and he took the pills and he started losing some weight. But then he noticed that even though he was losing weight, he just didn't have any energy and he just felt like junk all the time. Even though he was eating better and working out, he just couldn't get any wind in his cell at all. And he started noticing that he was getting real moody, like almost in a bipolar kind of way. Like he would just snap and turn into somebody completely different. And so he went to another doctor, and the doctor said, well, look, man, you, you got some crazy stuff going on. Let me, let me uh, it's probably a, a hormonal thing. So we're going to balance this out, and we're going to give you a little bit of testosterone to balance this stuff out, and you're probably going to get some energy, and you're probably going to normalize. So, so now he's on his appetite suppressants, and now he's on his metabolic boosters, and now he's on some medicine to correct the other stuff too, to get the hormones right. About a month later, the guy just got depressed just got depressed, didn't want to leave the house, thought about committing suicide, taking his life, just depressed, couldn't get happy about anything, just dominated his life. Just the the thought of of even getting up and and going to get groceries was this monumental task. You know, I just just don't want to do it. I don't want to interact with people. I just don't want to. I'm alive, but I don't want to live life. So he went to the doctor and said, look, here's my symptoms. This is what's going on. Please tell me what's going on with me, man. And the doctor said, well, (laughs) you're depressed. (laughs) Let let me write you a prescription. So he wrote him out a prescription for some drugs, and he took it. So now this guy is on appetite suppressants. He's on metabolic boosters. He's on testosterone and hormone stuff to balance and regulate himself out, and he's on antidepressants. A couple of weeks go by, a guy just doesn't feel right at all. 
So he goes to another doctor. And the doctor looked at him and he said, you know what? All of these symptoms that you're describing come from one thing. It's your thyroid. So instead of treating all of these symptoms, we're going to treat the cause of the problem and we're going to get your health back. So they treated the guy's thyroid, and you know what happened? You know what happened? He got happy. His hormones balanced out. He wasn't moody anymore. He started losing weight. He got his energy back. You know what happened? He wasn't depressed anymore. He completely knew because they addressed the cause and not the symptom. And this is where the church jacks it up so much. Because we'll tell people that if you stop drinking, you'll get closer to God. We'll tell people, well, if you'll stop cussing, then you'll get closer to God. And we'll tell people, well, if you'll stop looking at porn, then you'll get closer to God. And we'll tell people, if you stop doing this, then you'll get closer to God and do this. We get it all backwards. The way it should be is if you get closer to God, you'll be able to stop drinking. If you get closer to God, he'll put the desire inside of you to stop cussing. If you get closer to God and let him change you on the inside out, you'll find yourself not wanting to look at that junk anymore. And it's not going to be some kind of disciplined fight that you find yourself in where you're dealing with symptom after symptom after symptom. Because you can try to make yourself not angry, but you're just going to be bitter. And you can deal with bitterness, but something else over here is going to flare up again because you're just dealing with symptoms instead of the cause. Instead of the cause. Over and over and over. And people find themselves, the church gets it so backwards. I want to tell you this morning, I want to tell you, listen, take a deep breath and take the pressure off of yourself. Okay? All we have to do is put ourselves in a place where we draw closer to God and the stuff that we try to fix and the stuff that everybody tells us is wrong with us, that'll be dealt with because God will change us from the inside out. From the inside out. Now that's going to set somebody free this morning. God will change you from the inside out. I got news for you. You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be able to change enough. You're never going to be able to do enough stuff to that staff to make it look good in your hand. God isn't concerned about that. God wants you right now. God wants you right now. And if you'll give God you now, then he'll take care of the stuff then. Amen? Condemnation and conviction are two completely different things. Two completely different. The church is good about condemnation. You know who else is good with condemnation? It's called Satan. That's the game that he plays. That's the game that he plays. Conviction's completely different. Conviction happens when, out of a desire to become more like God, he puts his finger on something and says, hey, it's time for this to go. And you look at him and you say, you know what? I want you more than this. I got no desire for this anymore. I want you to take that place in my life. That's the difference between uh, condemnation and conviction. When the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something completely different. The guilt, the shame, the burden, all of that stuff. No, it's out of a desire. Conviction births a desire of change. Completely different from being condemned. Um, 
I think the church has is, is kind of messed that up a little bit. Real transformation comes through a relationship with God. Every time. Every time. Real transformation comes through a relationship with God. What in the world does that have to do with me for the new year? And here's the deal. Is that everything we want to do as a church is going to flow out of your relationship with God. Everything. How many of you want to draw closer to God this year than you ever have before? Yeah? Yes. Me too. Me too. This is a no-brainer. That's going to happen as we draw closer to God. How do we draw closer to God? Time in the Word. The Word is the Bible. So that's time reading the Bible and spending time in prayer. Here's another thing, too. You draw closer to God by being where on Sunday? In the house of God. Man, it's really hard to stay consistent and grow closer to God if you're not connected to His house. Amen? Man, I want to challenge you this year to be in the house of God. If you want to be closer to God, be in the Word, be in prayer, but be in the house of God. We've got some good stuff coming up this year. And if we want to go as a church body in step with where God is leading us, that means we all got to be on the same page. Amen? Amen. Be in the house of God. Be in the house of God. Ephesians 3.20 says this. I'll read it again. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine... According to his power, does it work in us? There's a very specific group of people I want to talk to this morning. You hear this morning. And the thought of New Year's and changing and all of that is kind of just rhetoric to you. Because you've been there, done that. And you fought and you've tried to change things and you've tried to adjust things. And you've become frustrated. You become frustrated. And when I talk about vision and I, I talk about the stuff that God wants to do through the church you say yeah that's great let's go church but when I say God wants to do something through your life it wakes you out a little bit because you're caught up looking at what you got in your hand and you see all the things that you're not and you see all the things that you don't have you see all the gifts and the talents that everyone else seems to be able to, to nail down and operate in. But not you. And I might just be talking to two people here this morning. Or I might be talking to all of us here. But I want to tell you. That if you will just give God what you've got. All the mistakes, all the frustration, all the struggles, all the things that you think are just so jacked up about who you are as a person. If you will just give him that now. He can write a beautiful story with it. I don't think that you realize the potential that sits inside of you this morning. I don't think that some of us realize the dreams that God has for you 
not a church, not everyone else, you. I got news for you. John 3, 16, where it says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believed in Him and not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved that world before Jesus. With all the sin, with all the junk, with all the garbage. Loved it enough to send His own Son, the most precious thing to Him, to die for that. There is not one thing that you've got going on in your life right now that Jesus has not already seen. And Jesus did not already love you enough anyway to die for you so that you could be set free and have that transformation in your life so that now can become then. I think so many times we get caught up in all the stuff that we see and part of it is how we've been programmed to think I think in church growing up and that you got to fix this you got to fix that you got to do this you got to do that and, and there is some truth in that we have to work out our own holiness and the Bible does say that grace does teach us to say no to sin but that's out of the workings of God in our lives not because we're trying to be a better person for the sake of being a better person as we go into this new year I wish I could just show you guys my heart right now and what God is putting on my heart. Because it's like a love and a passion and it's a desire right now to reach out and take some of you guys and just wrap you up and pull you in and begin the process of change. He desires so much for you to experience and encounter His love. And there's a lot of you here today just don't feel like you got what it takes. Don't feel like you can make it happen. And you don't. That's where Jesus comes into play. I want to take that pressure off of you this morning. I want you all to stand to your feet. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. No one looking around.